0: How are you? Hey, great, great, great. All right, we're looking forward to this morning. This is the last Sunday of our Bonfire Series, Week 10. I know you've been keeping track. Everybody knows it's Week 10. And uh, really looking forward to next Sunday uh, where we start to really ramp up uh, for the fall. We've got a lot of things that we're going to be sharing with you next week. There are a lot of new initiatives, new groups, new everything that's starting uh, this fall, and uh, so we'll be throwing a lot of fun stuff at you next Sunday. I'm really excited about it, so don't miss next week. Looking forward to that. Hopefully, the bonfire series has been uh, helpful to you. I-, I hope that you've enjoyed it. Uh, all in all, really, as a church, we've had a, a good, strong summer, and uh, so I hope that you're looking forward to what's coming at us in uh, starting next week. So tremendous response last Sunday at the end of the service. I I just wanted to say, uh, as pastor, uh, just, I thought there was a tremendous response last Sunday at, at the end of the service, and I think we moved forward together, and I was very encouraged, and I just want to thank you for your humility, and uh, I just wanted to say that I appreciate that. I had a few topics in mind that, uh, to finish the series with, right? The last Sunday of the bonfire series. What, what is the next big story that we're going to do? And I'm not going to tell you what the other topics are because you might decide that I picked the wrong one or you're at the end of the service, like, wow, we're like, you really should have gone with something else. Um, but I landed on Acts chapter 2, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the explosion of the church because I thought it would be the best follow-up to where we were last Sunday and the best setup to where we're going this fall. And uh, we've hit, I've hit Acts chapter 2 a lot in the last four years or so. I admit that and I agree. We've, we've been in that chapter a lot. But we're going to keep hitting it because I am fully convinced that that there is more for us in Jesus and in spirit-filled living that will start a fire in our lives and in this church that will not only blaze in Moncton and in our surrounding communities, that but that, that fire will spread and blaze across Atlantic Canada. So I'm going to keep hitting uh, Acts chapter 2 until God tells me to knock it off. So Luke is the author of the book, wrote the book of Acts, and he's telling us in the how Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would come a few days after Jesus has left the the planet physically. And Jesus ascends to heaven in Acts chapter 1, and then about 120 of his followers gather in an upper room, and they elect a replacement apostle for Judas, and they devote themselves to prayer, to praying until the Holy Spirit shows up. They're there, there are 120 of them, locked up in this room and they're they're not going to stop praying we're not going to to give up and we're not going to shut up until the holy spirit shows up and so that's the scene in acts chapter 2 what what these people were doing jesus promised it that settles it and we're not going anywhere until the holy spirit shows up and the room 120 of them in the upper room The room must have been filled. It must have been charged with electricity and expectancy. In my personal opinion, I mean, you don't have to agree with me on everything. My wife doesn't. Um, You don't have to agree with me on this. But my personal opinion on this is that when believers gather, like we're gathered here this morning, that when believers gather, there should be, an electricity and an, an expectancy about God showing up. That that okay all the all the rowdies are, are onto that. Like, yes, I believe that. And uh, that, that we should come to church expecting, you know, that, that God is going to be there and that something amazing is going to happen. Not manufactured. Not, not a hype or a whipping people into some kind of ecstatic frenzy. I mean people who love Jesus. People who are focused on the promises of Jesus. Expecting the presence of Jesus. And expecting God to show up in a supernatural way. And expecting God to do for us what only God can do. And so I, you know, I mean I pastor the church and I want to come expecting. I don't want to, you know, drag my butt over to church and like, oh, here we go again. And I don't want to come out of, out of routine. I want to, I want to come like, like just, you know, what is God going to do today? What is going to happen in this place? I want to come with, with an, an, an excitement and expectancy. So they prayed and they sang and they worshiped. And then in chapter 2, the Holy Spirit burst into their presence And then Peter preaches with boldness about Jesus. He preaches about the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And then people responded immediately to Peter's preaching, to the invitation. And then chapter 2 finishes with a picture of true Christian community and how people loved on one another and how people served one another. And it's one of my absolute favorite chapters in, in, in the whole Bible. It's a chapter that that I go back to when I need encouragement. When I just need to read something that'll fire me up. I go back to Acts chapter 2 and I, and I read it over again. And I don't apologize this morning for preaching it over and over. I mean, we sing the same songs over and over. Why can't I preach the same text over and over? There is a there is a a, a corporate fire. That is for all of us as a church. There's a, a corporate fire of the Holy Spirit that we need. And, and that fire for Moncton Wesleyan is, is largely my responsibility as pastor of the church. And then there are personal, individual, your fire. You need to be, you need to have your own fire with the Holy Spirit. And, and each one of us need the Holy Spirit to be blazing in our lives. And that's partly my responsibility. And it's partly the responsibility as, as a community, as we love and serve one another. And it's, and it's largely your responsibility for that, for that fire. If you had to pick a number this morning between 1 and 10, 10 being red hot, 1 being ice cold, if you had to pick a number this morning, on where your life is at where the fire is at of the Holy Spirit in your life this morning what kind of a number would you would you honestly pick is the asking yourself questions like is, is the Holy Spirit real and, and active in my life am I am I aware of the Holy Spirit day by day or do I just go days or weeks with 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 no awareness at all? Am I listening to the Holy Spirit? Is my life being guided by the Holy Spirit? Am I concerned about the things of God? Am I passionate about my, my spiritual formation and how I'm growing and, and becoming more like Jesus and, and getting to know Him more? Am I hungry for more? On a scale of one to ten. Like, where am I on that? Like, am I, am I desperate? Am I urgent? Am I, am I thirsting for more of God? Or am I, me, meh, meh? Where am I between one and ten? Am I burdened for the lost? Is my prayer life vibrant? Do my decisions reflect my passion for Jesus? You just think back over your decisions this past week. What do they reflect? Do they reflect that I am a selfish creature, or do they reflect, I, want, I truly want Jesus to be Lord over every area in my life. And part of my goal this morning, again, is to ignite or reignite a fresh hunger in all of us for more of Jesus. And we can't do all of chapter 2, it's long, not your homework for this afternoon, uh, read chapter 2, since we're talking about school and all that sort of stuff, you get homework. Homework for this afternoon is Acts chapter 2. How many of you are going to do your homework? This is called accountability. Some of you, and some of you are like, I probably won't, so I won't raise my hand and lie in church. Okay, you're honest. That's good. There are essentially three scenes or three miracles in, in Acts chapter 2. The first one is the miracle of the Holy Spirit. The second one is the miracle of, of preaching the truth about Jesus. There's something in this communication right here that is a miracle. Trust me. If it were not for the miracle, I would, I would be scared to death to get on the stage. And I never would get on the stage because there's nothing in me. There's nothing in Tim Guptel who can change you, who can convince you of anything. There, there, there is a miracle that is happening here. This is all God-ordained, and there, there's, a, there's a miracle that happens in, in, in preaching the Word of God where the Word of God, it, it comes alive, and it, and it pierces hearts, and it changes lives. So there's a, there's a miracle in there, okay? And then the third miracle is the miracle of, of Christian community that we see at the end of the chapter. Trust me, that many people living together, sharing everything that they had, even selling off stuff to meet other people's needs is that not a miracle? Uh, yeah, I'll ask it another way. If you knew all okay, right because we're this is a, this is a family, this is a community. If you knew that someone in this this community right here, one of us had a need, would you sell something in order to meet that other person's need this is what they were doing is that a miracle (laughs) you're thinking yeah it'd be a miracle for me to do that that's a miracle that's another sermon too by the i can tell that's another sermon that needs to be preached all right so acts chapter two let's let's start with the first four verses of acts chapter two on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. About 120 of them holed up in the upper room. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of, or, or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. All right, let's stop there. The sudden manifestation of the presence of the Holy Spirit was a response to the the promise of Jesus. Jesus promised them that that this would happen. It's a response to the promise of Jesus, and it's also a response to the prayers of the people. When people get serious about breaking through, God breaks in. This is what I'm working on here. You can help me out too. You can nod your head. You can say amen. You can you can you can help me with this, okay? Cuz I'm I'm sweating up here and I'm working on this, okay? Cuz we need this. So don't be afraid of this, but but come with me here and press in on this with me when when people, that's us. When people get serious about breaking through, the Holy Spirit of God breaks in. These people said we're not going to give up. We're not going to shut up until the Holy Spirit shows up. Now, I've, we're so passive on that, friends. We're so passive on that. We come to church thinking maybe, yeah, hopefully, you know, the, maybe the singing will be good. Maybe the music will be good. You know, maybe the preaching will be all right. You know, maybe. When when we get serious about About breaking through the Holy Spirit breaks in. Luke says it was sudden, he says it was roaring, and he said it was filling. Did somebody roar back at me over there? Is that a is that an amen? Roaring. That's great. (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate that. It was sudden it was roaring and it was filling it was audible it was visible and it was physical it was it was tangible and this is this is not the creation of the holy spirit okay the holy spirit this is not when it was He was created, but this is when God decides to physically unleash his presence into people's lives in a more tangible experience than ever before. This is the same spirit that hovered over creation in Genesis chapter 1. This is the spirit of God that was all over the incarnation of of Jesus as God physically came to earth. This is a spirit that was, a, that was active in Zechariah and Elizabeth with the birth of their son, John the Baptist, who was the front runner of Jesus. This is the spirit who is active in Mary and Joseph, calling them to their mission, then forming forming the very Son of God in the womb of Mary. In his gospel, Luke says that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit equipped Jesus for ministry. The Holy Spirit descended on Jesus at his baptism. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit as he headed out into the desert to be tempted. I wish I could get filled with the Holy Spirit when I'm headed out into desert to be tempted. Anyone else? The Spirit was on him when he preached his first sermon in Nazareth, declaring that the prophecies of the greats like Elijah and Elisha were about him. They were pointing to him that he was the Spirit-anointed Messiah. That was his very first sermon. And the people responded by trying to throw him off a cliff. I've had some bad sermons. But I've never had the congregation say, you know, let's throw him off a cliff. This is this is how Jesus started his ministry. He preached and they said, let's kill him. Let's kill him. That's he got off that you know off to a good start. All right. Back to verse one. I just want to point out part of verse one here where it says all the believers, and all in the original Greek means all the believers were meeting together in one place. Now, I don't want to give them more credit than what they deserve. I'm going to give them some. I don't want to give them more credit than what they deserve because what happened in Acts chapter 2 is obviously an act of God. But there are things here for us to observe, okay? So it's, 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 it's clearly from heaven, and you cannot manufacture this stuff. But what we learn from all the believers meeting together in one place, I think one of the things we can learn from this as you can you can put yourself in a position of of readiness and availability okay readiness and availability these people were they were listening to Jesus what he told them to do they obeyed Jesus so okay this is what the master said he said wait we're going to go wait they obeyed him and can we make a connection this morning between listening to the words of Jesus, and obeying Jesus, and experiencing the presence of Jesus. Can we make a connection between those things in our lives, between obeying him in my life, listening to him, and then experiencing the presence of Jesus. A pattern of obedience can put you in a position of presence. A pattern of obedience to God can put you in the presence of God. Okay? You alright? You're chewing on this? A pattern of obedience to God can put you in the presence of God. Sin and disobeying God will not draw you closer to Jesus. Sin puts the fire out. You cannot be knee- deep in sin and neck deep in the holy spirit right. and there are a lot of christians who try that and they get ankle deep in sin and they still want to walk in the spirit while they're ankle deep in sin and then they get knee deep and say you cannot be knee deep in sin and up to your head overwhelmed in the in the, in the holy spirit of god so they were listening They were obedient, they were ready, they were available. They were faithful, they were expectant. If there was a right place and a right time, then they wanted to be in it. They did not want to miss a move of God. They didn't want to miss an act of God. We aren't leaving this room until the Holy Spirit shows up they knew that they needed more. They wanted more physically. Jesus was gone. He, he had ascended into heaven. He was gone physically. And their hearts were hungry for more of Jesus. They wanted desperately to have that void filled. Now, verses 2 and 4. We're going to read them again here in a minute. Let's not put that up yet. Hold on, hold on a second. And we're going to highlight some of the key words here to help us see just how astounding this was and i'm glad that acts chapter 2 was 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 over the top spectacular because you know if, if it wasn't like if if it just kind of you know someone said you know what you know i i think uh, i think i feel different you know i think i think maybe i have the holy spirit do you have the holy spirit i think maybe i maybe i do maybe, you know it wasn't like that like it was over the top spectacular and and i'm glad that it was because god obviously wants to make this moment. He wants it to be memorable, and he wants it to be unmistakable. And you might not have something this dramatic or this spectacular happen to you, but it is good for you to have God moments and God things in your life that are memorable and unmistakable. Things that you can point to in your life and you can say, I know that I know that I know that that was God, that he was there. This is what he did. This is how it changed my life. Like, you need to have those things. And in a few minutes, we're going to see how uh, someone who wasn't there and didn't see the whole experience someone is going to come out of the crowd and say get out of here, get a fly that's not it that's not what they're going to say but someone is going to come out of the crowd and say oh they're they're just they're just drunk they're just drunk people some of you need to hear this this morning people who have not had your experience with God they weren't there they didn't see it they didn't feel it they won't always understand what God is doing in you and through you And they might even heckle and they might even scoff or doubt or they might think that there's a natural explanation for a heavenly demonstration. So there's someone who shows up late on the scene and they didn't experience it all. And they said, oh, those people are just drunk. There will be people in your life who didn't, they weren't there. They didn't experience what you experienced and they might not understand all that God is doing in your your life. Okay, so now let's look at the text and uh, read it. We're going to highlight some words. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Verse 4, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So again, sudden, roaring, uh, mighty, filled, flames, tongues, uh, speaking. The point of Pentecost, the point of all this, the point of Acts chapter 2, is not, not to expect that the exact same thing is going to happen to us. It's not to expect that this, this exact same thing is going to happen the exact same way. The point is this, that God is a is a, He is a fresh fire-giving God. God is a, a giver of fresh fire. And he wants to be with his people. And he wants to be in his people. And he wants to be equipping his people for their calling, their journey, and their mission. God will give you what you need to do what he is calling you to do. And if you feel this morning, if you feel underpowered or under-equipped or under-prepared for life... The, the answer is you need more Jesus in your life, and there is more available because God is not setting you up for defeat. Okay? That's the point of Acts chapter 2. There's more available. He's a fresh, fire-giving God, and he wants to, he wants to fill you. He wants to equip you. He does not want to set you up for defeat. So God did not hold back on the production value of Acts chapter 2. It was over-the-top spectacular. He wanted it to blow them away, and it did. Now, a quick word on this, on the production of Acts chapter 2, because this this might be helpful for anyone who wonders, okay, well, why do we do things the way that we do? I mean, this is not exactly the greatest morning to talk about it because this morning was very unplugged, acoustic, and, uh, and, 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 and quiet, and it was awesome. And most Sundays, it's 10 people up here, and the lights are going all over the place, and the volume is quite high, and, uh, and, and it's a totally different, different package most Sundays. Okay, here's, here's an explanation on this. Lights, sound, and production are not hype. They are two things. Number one, they are an offering. They are an offering. Creative people who are gifted in these areas, they pour their best into creating environments of worship as an offering to God. And we do our best in this area because because we feel a responsibility to offer God our best in those areas. So don't expect less in the areas of, of production and all that sort of thing. Expect more. Expect it to change as we grow as a church and as we learn and as we, as we stretch. The second thing is that it, it, is, it is culture. It speaks. It can, it can, it can serve to, to help us communicate a message. It can diffuse some people. I know it, I know it jacks up some other people, but it can, it, it can often diffuse people where people come in and like, wow, I didn't know, I didn't know church was like that. Um, it speaks. It can open hearts to the message. It can be invitational, and it helps us to communicate timeless truths in modern terms. So on that point, church, could we just take a moment and uh, thank all of those who work so hard on production and media and music and lights, and would you thank those people who do this for us? Great job, great job. Okay, verse 5. We're going to read a few more verses. Verse 5 At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the loud noise, see, that's biblical evidence that loud noises are okay and it draws a crowd. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed how can this be? they exclaimed. "These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Now jump down to verse 13. We're going to read 13 and just the first part of verse 14. But others in the crowd ridiculed them saying, "They're just drunk, that's all." And then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and he shouted to the crowd so we're going to we're going to stop right there now keep the whole chapter in context remember at the start i said there were three miracles there was the miracle of the holy spirit and then there was the miracle of the preaching of peter and the response of that and then there was the miracle of community at the end of the chapter okay just keep all that in mind this phenomenal outpouring of the spirit there are multiple Outward demonstrations of what God is doing. And it's audible and it's visible. And then there's pushback from the community. Where where people in the crowd start to say, you are drunk. And when the crowd pushes back, Peter steps up. And Peter sees this as his opportunity. Because resistance, see, when we get resistance from people, resistance is not reason to shut down. Resistance is an opportunity to be bold for Jesus Christ. We don't have any reason to run or to be afraid. Our Savior rose from the dead, the resurrected king. He's the resurrected king. And so Peter's like, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) You're not going to call me drunk. And he preaches this message and says, you people, you killed him. You hung him on a cross and he he preaches about his death and resurrection. So Peter gathers the crowd. He gets their attention and he preaches his first crusade and he passionately and boldly declares the truth about Jesus Christ. And then he gives them an opportunity right then and there to respond to the word that they have heard. And he calls them to repent of their sin. And to turn their lives over to God and to receive the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 40, it says, he, after he gave the invitation, he kept on preaching. They didn't go to Swiss chalet. <laughs> he, he preached. He gave a response. And he said, oh, I'm going I'm I'm to preach some more. And he kept on just preaching and preaching and preaching. And he urged the people. And listen to this. He urged them to save themselves from this crooked generation. Does that not ring true for where we are today? He said, he said you've got to, this is your chance of salvation. You've got to save yourselves from this crooked generation. It was bold. And Luke says that about 3,000 people came to Jesus and were baptized that day. And the chapter then, it, it ends with a, a picture of how the people began to live together. They, were, they devoted themselves to scripture Uh, to, to the teaching of the apostles. They devoted themselves to prayer. They were having communion together in each other's homes. Luke says a deep sense of awe came over them all, and there were miracles, and there were wonders, and they shared everything with joy and generosity. You want to be part of a community like that? About three of you do. Now watch this. This is what happens in Luke, in Luke, in, uh, in, sorry, in Acts chapter 2. This is what happens. The Holy, in the beginning of the chapter, the Holy Spirit burst in and the Holy Spirit poured out. And then when Peter gets preaching, the people, they burst out in evangelism and then they poured into each other in community and love and service. Do you see that? Nobody does. Okay. The Holy Spirit. Burst in, boom, right? In Acts chapter 2, it was awesome. And he poured out his spirit. And the way that the people responded was that is we've got to go now with boldness and take this message to all of our unsaved friends and our unsaved community. And we've got to invite them to respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. And then they poured in on each other and they loved one another and they served one another and they served one another so Unlike any other group of people, that that the way that they loved one another, that's what that's what really fueled the church and caused it to grow like crazy. That's why the church came came out of the first couple of centuries uh, the way that it did. It was because of the way that the Christians loved one another. Nobody had ever done that. Nobody had ever thought, "Wow, I could I could help you if I sold some of my land. Would that help you?" You know, no one had loved one another the way, like like that before. And so their response to the Holy Spirit bursting in and pouring out was for them to burst out and then pour in on top of each other. They burst out in outreach, reaching the lost. They poured in on each other. Their response to what God did for them and in them was to share it with others. They felt a responsibility for others. They felt a responsibility for others. Every person in this room needs to feel a responsibility for the people in this room. Am I my brother's keeper? The answer is, yeah, you are. And then every person in this room needs to feel a responsibility for people in our communities who are spiritually lost all of us need to feel that it's not just my responsibility. You can just hire me to go reach the city. It's our responsibility together. This is huge. Two things that we would that we would burn with an evangelistic urgency for our community and that we would make meaningful community a priority at the same time amongst ourselves. Both fires burning bright. A fire for others to know Jesus and a fire to know others. Did you get that? There it is. Both of those fires burning bright. A fire for others to know Jesus and a fire to know others. And I'm going to keep beating this drum until the Holy Spirit says, okay, knock it off. I'm gonna keep beating this drum. Because God has given me a very clear vision of the Holy Spirit pouring into this room, flooding into this room, and sweeping up this group, us, in a, in a new tide of of restoration. And revival it's a mix of metaphors there but I don't know how to say it any it's a flood of fire and I don't know how to say it any other way. I'm mixing them up but you're tracking with me that the fire of the Holy Spirit would would pour into this room and flood into this room that it would just be impossible for anyone to be left out and that, that, that God would do a work of, of renewal and restoration, and, and, and reviving in us that is not about us, it's not all about us, that that would blaze across the region at least. Part of this vision that, that God has given to me is it's like get out on the stage and, and call people Call people into an upper room. Call them into a place where they say we're not going to give up and we're not going to shut up until the Holy Spirit shows up. Call them to this. Call them. Don't, Don't be shy about this. Be bold about this. Call them. Call them to this. That we would pray like never before, that we would worship like, 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 like we just never have in the history of this church. Part of this, I believe, will be... Um, an important part of this, I believe, will be our new night of prayer and worship that we're starting Wednesday, uh, October the 5th. It's called Rising. It's just this, this tide rising again. Uh, the Holy Spirit. And um, I believe... That through, on those nights, I, I believe that we're going to see breakthroughs in people's lives. I think we're going to see chains broken in the name of Jesus. I believe we'll see people healed. I believe we'll see uh, uh, people set free from addictions and things like that. I believe we'll see people healed from fear and anxiety and, and mental health issues. Um, I'm believing, I do believe that some of your children will either come back to Jesus Christ or will come to accept him as their Lord and Savior, some of the kids that you're praying for. Um, I believe that we will see more people called into full-time ministry and missions and, and, and serving Jesus full-time through, through this. Um, and I want this for you. I, I want this, this rising that we're going to do I want it to be something that that takes your your one to ten and go, whoa! And it just it just jacks your life spiritually, your relationship with Jesus. And if there's something else that's clear in Acts chapter 2, it's that fire fuels growth. It fuels it in my life. I need it. And, it, and you need it. And and this church needs it. And our our community desperately desperately needs a church like us to get on fire with the Holy Spirit. So here's our response today. Here it is. Uh, The band will be where the band was. They're going to be here, and uh, we're going to fill this area here with people praying. Um, here's our response. If you don't know Jesus, today would be a great day uh, to do what happened in the book of Acts, to repent of your sin, to invite Jesus to be Lord of your life, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you do know Jesus, but you're hungry for more, you want more. You want more of his presence in your life. You want the Holy Spirit to be burning bright in your life. Then you come and pray about that today. Uh, I would also invite him inviting a large group of you to come and pray for us as a church in this season. Pray for us for this fall season of ministry. If you are a board member or a ministry leader or a staff person, I, I, I encourage you to come. I also encourage you to come and pray if you want to pray for unsaved loved ones in particular, family members, friends, relatives, neighbors, whoever. I'd also invite you to come. See, there's a lot of reasons to come. I also invite you to come to pray for the Holy Spirit to call it what you want, to flood in, to pour in, whatever whatever it wants, to, to sweep us up, that many of us would pray for that. So, that's that's our invitation. Let me pray. Mark and the guys are going to come and lead us in some songs. We're not there's we have lots of time. We're not going to be rushed on this, and uh, we'll let the Holy Spirit do His work. Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning, God, for your holy direction that that. I can so not take any credit for. I just want to get behind the cross of Jesus Christ and be nothing more but a just a vessel. And so, Lord, uh, we are here in, in your presence. This is you moving, you speaking to us through your word. And I believe, God, that you are speaking to probably the entire room this morning, if we were honest. So Lord, would you have your way? We need more of you. We need the Holy Spirit to be burning bright, a fire burning bright in our lives. Lord, we just want to surrender to that Uh, Lord, we also want to pray for this upcoming season of ministry. We want to pray for children and people we know who we love who don't know you as their Savior. We want want them to be saved from this crooked generation. And Lord, maybe there's someone here this morning who doesn't yet know you as their Savior, but today's their day to invite you into their life. Would you be with them as well? We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, should we stand? Makes it easier for people to move. Let's, let's, let's start with standing. We may end up sitting in a few minutes. Let's respond.